Hello, cookbook friends, and welcome to our Cookbook Divas podcast. This is our part two episode for brand new cookbooks coming out in the first week of June. In this episode, we are going to discuss international cookbooks, geeky, nerdy cookbooks, and baking and dessert cookbooks. So to check out some of the other new releases for the first week of June, go ahead and check out our first parter, which was published last week. To kick off, we're going to start off with international cookbooks. Yay! So the first cookbook I wanted to talk about is Japanese Farm. This technically came out in 2012, but they did a reprint of it. It's coming out the first week or the first day of June 2021. It's it's by Nancy Singleton Hachisu. And I really like this because there's 165 recipes in here. That's all Japanese farm recipes. So a little niche. I'm really curious to check that out, how that's different than American farm food. Right? They're growing some different things we can't grow here and vice versa. And what, what they consider a staple or something you eat every day. Oh, I'm really, really curious about this one. Yeah, exactly. And from some of the previous cookbooks that we've done, I know that Japanese culture, they don't necessarily go and they, they're not necessarily practicing agriculture. They'll go out and cultivate food and harvest it from wildlife, like wild mushrooms and wild plants and stuff like that. So it'd oh, be foraging. Yeah. Foraging. Yes. Thank you. This one also has 350 photographs. <laughs> so Woo-hoo! it's like double the photos from recipes. So you got to, I mean, there's obviously photos of the recipes. I'm kind of sifting through this cookbook we have the basic farm kitchen that they go through in chapter one they go into small bites with drinks they go into pickling and soups soybeans and eggs noodles and rice vegetables fish and seafood wow there's a lot there's a a lot in this cookbook so this is definitely worth picking up especially if you love japanese food i'm probably gonna get it so You get a glimpse of, you know, we always see, like, city Tokyo life cooking and all the fancy, yeah. Sushi. Exactly. (laughs) So now we get to see, like, more rural cooking and ingredients that they use there, equipment, and, you know, this is probably more closer to home cooking, too, because not every person in Japan is cooking elaborate sushi and stuff. Right. Who has the time? (laughs) Exactly. So if you're interested in this, too, it's called Japanese Farm Food. The cookbook I want to talk about, and I'm really wishing I'd had breakfast before we started recording this podcast, is Pasta Over 100 Recipes for Noodles, Dumplings, and So Much More by Serena Cosmo. It's supposedly the ultimate resource for every level of chef. The recipes teach you how to make pastas, soups, stir fries, sauces, Mm. desserts, and baked dishes, ragouts, which I need to learn to make a ragu and not just open a can of tomato sauce. (laughs) I'm like that too. <laughs> Soups, salads, and dim sum, which dim sums technically could be pasta-ish. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Yum. I'm, I'm peeking inside, if my mouse will co- cooperate. I can't see a table of contents, but I can see some... Oh, yes, I can. Doughs and noodles, sauces, soups, classic dishes, over-the-top. I am an over-the-top kind of girl. Mm-hmm. I'm peeking at a gorgeous photo for sweet potato gnocchi. Which I wouldn't personally make that because that's two gooey things all together. I could have a gooey sweet potato or a, a squishy, mushy gnocchi, but not both together. 
a recipe for marinara sauce, which I should learn how to make myself, especially since we grow tomatoes. Meatball and orzo soup would be great for winter. Spaghetti a la carbonara, yum, which I want to make myself because it's usually not vegetarian because they put ham in it, so I could make it for myself. And a gorgeous, gorgeous photo of ratatouille that just sold the cookbook. I'm going to buy it now. Beautiful. And I've never made ratatouille. I haven't either. Too much work. Ah! It does. (laughs) So that was Pasta Over 100 Recipes for Noodles, Dumplings, and So Much More by Serena Cosmo. It comes out from Cider Mill Press. The next cookbook on my list is called Macedonia, the cookbook, Recipes and Stories from the Balkans. It comes out, oh, it got pushed. Oh, no, I'm really excited about it. It comes out July 5th, 2020. Oh, you have to wait a whole extra month, you poor thing. I know. No. It's by Katerina Nitsu. So, uh, okay, this is fascinating. So the this focuses on North Macedonian food. That means there's influences from the Mediterranean and the Middle East. Oh, this is right up my alley, dude. Yeah, it's getting pushed, though. I'm so sad. There are a hundred recipes in here. I'm just really excited because, you know, I, I haven't dabbled too much in Middle Eastern cooking. And then I've kind of, I've done a lot of popular Mediterranean dishes, but nothing like this, you know, this is focusing on a very specific area, Northern Macedonia, and I really want to learn more about it. So we have in this cookbook, it's divided into really interesting sections. We have a mise is the beginning, so appetizers, salada. I think I'm saying all of these right, I hope. I think you um, are. That's salads is next. Supa, soaps, and then oh, soaps. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I knew what you meant. We can make soaps, too. Mezzo, which is meat. And then Zavina is poultry. Ribba is fish. We have, this will be fun, Zelenchuk is vegetables and sides. That's my chapter, vegetarian alert. (laughs) And then we also have breads, which is leb, and slotko, which is sweets. Yes. They even go into preserves in this particular cookbook. So that's really interesting. I, I'm, yeah, the photos in here are absolutely gorgeous. So you not only get to see, I mean, they have photos for the actual recipes themselves, which are fantastic. But then they also show architecture from Northern Macedonia. They, you've got just the environment too. So there's a beautiful foresty seat picture. There's a lot of really beautiful things about this particular cookbook. I'm I'm really excited and I want to pick it up. And there's a lot of Mediterranean and Middle Eastern cookbooks coming out around this time of year. I don't know if that's a normal thing, but I feel like my whole shelf is going to start getting covered in Middle Eastern cookbooks. You know, I wish this book was coming out on time because it would be fun to cook from it together when we have our family vacation in a, yes. about a month. Oh, Right. That would be so nice. Because your mom and your dad would love metal tr- uh, Mediterranean and Middle Eastern food, and they probably don't make that at home very much. No. And I mm. feel like a lot of us probably don't. And I'm so glad to see more cookbooks that are covering these areas because they, you know, they've influenced so many food, like cuisines around the world. And just going back to the origins is going to be so cool. So you studied a lot of anthropology. I'm wondering, and these languages are not related, but when you said that meso means meat, I'm wondering if Mesopotamia means the meat place. 
<laughs> is that where the cow was grown? I don't I, know. I'm sorry. We'll have to look that up. <laughs> I, I'm curious now. We're doing a history lesson, a food yeah, history yeah. lesson today. <laughs> we'll see. If you guys are interested in Middle Eastern and Mediterranean food, specifically from Macedonia, I would highly recommend Macedonia, the cookbook, Recipes and Stories from the Balkans. My next cookbook is a little bit geeky and silly. It is Eat Like a Luchador, the official cookbook. This looks really fun. It's it uh, The author is listed as Monica Ochoa, but also by Legends of Lucha Libre. Uh, You can celebrate Lucha Libre with popular Mexican dishes, but with a modern twist. And the recipes are from iconic luchadors, athletes, legends, and superstars for wrestling fans and aspiring chefs. It is the most popular sport in Mexico after soccer. And I looked up, I was like, what does luchador mean? Because a matador is a bull person, a luchador. The word lucha means fighting or struggle. So they are fighters. Oh, Except goodness. they're not exactly fighting, but that <clears throat> that's okay. So I'm peeking at some of the recipes. Teo Valkyrie offers a sweet and savory carne asada. Penta Zero M has a chicken fajitas with bell peppers. Super Astro offers a six-pound gladiator torta. And World uh, WWE Hall of Famer Amy Dumas has vegan tiacoyo de nopal. Hmm, not sure hmm. what that is. That is hilarious. And mm-hmm. that is Eat Like a Luchador, the official cookbook. And I expect a lot of people would give this to each other as not a gag gift or a joke gift. But, you know, hey, you like watching Luchador wrestling? Here you go. <laughs> no, that's so cool. That's so much fun. The next cookbook I have is Bilhana, Whole Food Recipes from Egypt, Lebanon, and Morocco. It oh, comes wow. out June 1st, 2021. It's by Yasmin el and Shawakar al It's a family. And all these wonderful Middle Eastern cookbooks coming out. I'm just super thrilled about it. So we have 101 recipes in this one. They come from Egypt, the Mediterranean. We've got Lebanon, Morocco. So all of these wonderful places. There's recipes that most of us are familiar with. So shakshuka, Moroccan lamb is another one. Masaka, I think, is... Yes. I haven't actually had it. So. Some people say moussaka, so I don't musaka. know. Yeah. I just don't know. <laughs> There's roasted eggplant with tahini in here. So those are the common things that you'll, you know, that a lot of us have probably eaten before, plus some other recipes that maybe you've never had before. So I've never had a fennel and pomegranate salad. So Ooh. that sounds really good. They have a warm roasted winter vegetable and chickpea salad, which sounds amazing. There's also roasted quails with onions and pomegranate molasses. This cookbook has a lot of beautiful photos. The recipes are actually very easy, very approachable. There's also this one that you might actually like, Carrie. It's a sun-dried tomatoes and butter bean dip. Oh, I totally would. That sounds amazing. I've seen butter bean twice i think we had butterbean in the previous episode and i don't know what a butterbean is now i need to know (laughs) well you're in luck because i have a couple cans of them and i also have them in dried form so next time i see you i will foist one off on you (laughs) yes i'm excited you're lucky i'm a bean hoarder (laughs) (laughs) yay so let's see what's in the actual table of contents here. We have, they go through what things you should probably have in your pantry. So simple staples. They have 
breakfast and meze again. We have soups, salads, grains, and pulses, veggies and greens, which is awesome. So then we have roasts and grills from the sea, and then sweet things and drinks. This is a really cool cookbook for anybody that wants to try Mediterranean food or hasn't actually approached Mediterranean food before, like myself. So these are really easy to to actually cook. So again, that's Bilhana, Whole Food Recipes from Egypt, Lebanon, and Morocco. And my next book is also a Middle Eastern cookbook. It's Carvin Kitchen by Soraya Beheshti. It's a Middle Eastern vegan cookbook. And Soraya Beheshti is the CEO of a company called Carvin that works with refugees across the Middle East and Asia. This nonprofit leverages blockchain technology to improve the lives of refugees around the world. I'm not sure how that works. Hmm. But currently, this cookbook has been pushed back to September 1st. And it's currently listed at $75, which is not a normal price for a cookbook. So I'm sure that'll drop closer on. It's a beautiful illustrated cookbook with Meze, salads, main courses, grains, sweet desserts, and beverages like every other cookbook. And the regions, she introduces you to diverse cultures from Syria, Libya, Yemen, and Somalia. And she shows us how food's the central connection that many refugees have to their native countries. And when they get to their new country, it's a means of creating community when they get there. So that's that. I love that. That's Carvin Kitchen with a K. Oh, I was going to say... I actually remember in September seeing that cookbook. I've been waiting. I was like, okay, when April comes, I'll be able to get this cookbook. And it keeps getting pushed and pushed and pushed. I'm like, oh, it's so pretty. It's Publish it already. (laughs) Give it to me. What's your next book? (laughs) My following book is Charcuteria, The Soul of Spain. This is the second edition. So the first one was published in 2014, but this has done super well. This was a James Beard Award nominee in 2015. It was also a Gourmand World Cookbook Award nominee in 2015. So this has done really, really well. It has a hundred traditional Spanish recipes. The more we've been in quarantine and and this world we're in, the more I I actually had no idea what a charcuterie board was. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm a pleb. So I had no idea what it was until, honestly, this following, you know, 2020. And now I'm learning, oh, there's different versions of it. And it's so, especially with summer approaching, this is actually a really awesome idea, especially if you love hosting and doing, you know, fun little finger foods and stuff. I think it's such a cool idea. And then having a Spanish twist on it is just super awesome. Oh, delicious. Oh, I can't wait. I actually had my first Spanish charcuterie board last week, so and it was super good. It was just a cheese board, so incorporating other recipes, oh man, it was so good. I love this book. The pictures are very thorough, so if you're really into cutting up meat, for instance... It actually kind of illustrates exactly how to do it. I'm sorry, Carrie. Um, I was just going to say, I'm not into that, but our listeners might be. I'm sorry. So there's a lot of photos to break these sometimes really complicated things down. This is a palatia, which it looks like it's a thinly sliced shoulder of pork, all smoked. So if you're really into that, actually creating those things yourself, This is a really cool cookbook. It goes into so much detail. And it's really easy because all the illustrations really show everything that you might need. 
things that professional butchers have to go to school for. So you get that all at home. And it's all Spanish. I love that. I, I've hardly eaten Spanish food. And every time I, I do, I'm so happy about it. So I think this is awesome. So again, that is the Charcuteria, the Soul of Spain. My next book is finally taking us away from the Mediterranean and the Middle East. We are going to <laughs> Italy with A Blissful Feast by Teresa Lust. It comes out June 8th. She is a chef and she traveled a lot. And she's mm. sharing. she's acting as a culinary guide to culture and natural history of authentic Italian cuisine. She teaches us how to prepare bagna cotta, which is a robust dipping sauce of anchovies, which I would not put in mine, garlic and olive oil. And she teaches us how to make, now this, this I want to make, hand-stretched grissini, which is Italy's iconic breadstick. And oh. she'll teach us to whip up, I don't know how to pronounce it, zabaione? Zabi... Anyway, a classic dessert of ethereal foam made with egg yolk, sugar, and marsala that has a hard-to-pronounce name for Americans. Whoa. She also teaches us to make aquacotta, a rustic soup that shepherds and cowhands used to eat. And then she takes us to the town of Camerano, where an 80-year-old woman reveals the art of hand-rolling pasta with a three-foot rolling pin. Whoa. Now, I've taken pasta-making classes, and we had like a 12-inch rolling pin not three foot whoa wow that's like your whole arm would be <laughs> <laughs> your oh man i'm just picturing these little tiny italian grandmas trying to stretch to reach the, the rolling oh pin my, that's why they're so awesome and beefy because they have yes. to oh my goodness <laughs> so that is a blissful feast by Teresa lust so now we're moving into a, a a small slew of geeky and nerdy cookbooks and i highly appreciate all of these things <laughs> where so, were these when i was a 20 year old geek jeez i right i i feel that i mean i'm 30 so i'm i guess i don't know you can be a geek forever it's fine <laughs> so the first one i want to talk about is street fighter the official street food cookbook it's by <laughs> victoria rosenthal it comes out june 1st I was really surprised. So I looked at the cover and I was like, no, they are not doing a Street Fighter cookbook. I giggled. I was like, there's no way this is serious. And then I look inside and it's so good. It's serious and it's got these really awesome recipes inside. And you don't need to be necessarily a super Street Fighter fan to actually appreciate these recipes. So what they're doing is they have foods from around the world and they're usually side by side with characters from the game. So when I think of gaming cookbooks or geeky cookbooks, I always think of kind of greasy foods because, you know, we geeks like we like greasy food. Actually, who doesn't like greasy food? But usually it's not really nutritious. And but these are really awesome and actually look nutritious. So like, what's an example? I'm dying to hear this. <laughs> so they have like the spaghetti carbonara in here, but it it's the character is American, but he goes to Japan. So it's a twist of spaghetti carbonara. It has like the the uh, hard boiled egg and or so soft boiled egg with like some nori on it. And then it has the traditional. It's just it's interesting. I was like, that probably is actually really good. They have planatos, maduros. So just plantain chips, which oh, I love plantain chips. So good for one of the other characters. They also have drinks in here, which was really interesting. It's a, this one's called a Rolling Thunder, and it's a tea drink. 
but it has a lemongrass stock in it. So it's got like Earl Grey tea, some milk, a lemongrass stock in there. It has juniper or cardamom syrup, which I didn't know existed, and now I'm curious. Vanilla. It sounds like a a Victorian London fog because of the Earl Grey and milk, but then with an Asian twist. I love it. Yeah, it's really fascinating. So not only are these uh, recipes actually quite unique and healthy and uh, cover many, many different parts of the world. They have they have difficulty symbols on the, each recipe to let you know, you know, how hard this is going to be. It gives you the prep time, cook time, how much everything, you know, creates the yield. And then one thing I appreciate is they have dietary notes. So if it's dairy, gluten-free, vegetarian, all of those things so that if you have a bunch of friends come over and you guys are trying to geek out and play Street Fighter or something, you could do Street Fighter themed things, but then you can also appeal to people with dietary restrictions. So it's great. It's super fun. So that is the Street Fighter Cookbook, official street food cookbook. Comes out June 1st. And my geeky cookbook is World of Warcraft New Flavors of Azeroth, the official cookbook by Chelsea Ooh. Monroe Castle. And I want to point out that while I was not a Warcraft player, I played the game that led up to it in the early days called Warcraft Orcs and Humans. And you had little villagers and you had to build buildings and then these orcs would come and mess with you and you had to kick their butts. Yep. I but, remember. Ah, this book is written as though, Pand- how do you say Pandaren? Pandaren? Pandar. Pandaren. I don't know. I, qu- okay. I stopped playing World of Warcraft <laughs> yeah. when that happened. We'll just say Pandaren Chef Nomi is your guide through the culinary world. They've collected the best recipes gathered during his supposed travels. Ooh. So it's a little geeky even for me, and I'm a geek. I'm not sure they took as, as much as Street Fighter did to have real food you would actually want to eat. But let me peek and see if I can see some recipes. Oh, here's an Arden apple pie that looks perfectly acceptable. <laughs> no Merrigan good nuggets. Oh, no Merrigan nuggets. <laughs> oh my. Uh, a drink called a Briar Teeny that looks pink and delicious. Ooh. And something that looks like biscuits that's called Quiet Hounds. So, not having played the game, I don't have much to say, but if you have a Warcraft gamer geek friend that likes to cook, this is an easy birthday gift, one and done. World of Warcraft, new flavors of Azeroth, the official cookbook. By Chelsea Monroe Castle. The f- next cookbook is, and I was so unsure about this before, but it's the unofficial TikTok cookbook. <laughs> Se- 75 internet breaking recipes for snacks, treats, drinks, and more. Comes out June 1st. It's by Valentina Musi. What sold me on this particular cookbook was the Dalgona coffee latte did you ever hear about this little yes it was crazy for a while and i don't get the like everywhere i turned i would see it i'm like you guys seriously quit (laughs) (laughs) so i saw it and i was like oh my goodness i have to make it i still haven't made it i can't believe i still eat it because it's so easy but it you know it's just basically it almost looks like a coffee mousse with delicious cream on the bottom and it's apparently it's a latte i it's just dessert in my opinion it's so it looks so good that recipe is actually in here but we also have so i just watched something that showed me an introduction to 
pancake cereal. Wait, how does that work? Because cereal's crispy and pancakes are mushy. So you make little tiny pancakes. So you take like a little tube and you squeeze tiny, you know, maybe not even an inch diameter of a little blob on your pan and you grill them, put them in a bowl, you pour some maple syrup on it, and then you put a little bit of milk in there. That sounds exhausting, squeezing a hundred little things at a time. Yes, exactly, <laughs> and waiting for the, all the little ones to cook. And then you have to flip them, so you have, you know, one side is cooked, and then all the little, you know, pancakes you make, you have to flip them over. I think I would try it one time. Like, yeah. one time. But they also have, like, a, a garden focaccia in here, which looks beautiful. It It's almost like a piece of art. So learning how to make that would be fun, especially for, like, breakfast, for... Father's Day or even a breakfast, you know, Memorial Day weekend brunch or something. Just really cool. So I was really surprised. There's a lot of interesting uh, recipes in here. So that is the uh, unofficial TikTok cookbook, 75 internet breaking recipes for snacks, drinks, treats, and more. Next up, who's ready for a baking book? Yay! We have New School Sweets, Old School Pastries with an Insanely Delicious Twist. It's by Vinish Johnny and Andres Lara, and I like that the cookbook includes 70 pastries and 70 photos, which makes me think every recipe has a photo the way it should. Right. Now, I'm not sure what they were talking about with their twist, but I'm looking at some of the recipes, and there's a saffron milk brioche, a rocky chocolate financier, a cinnamon roll creme brulee. (laughs) Oh, that sounds evil. Yeah. They're... Make using spices, for example, a Szechuan peppercorn hazelnut tart, a mm. carrot confit pumpkin pie, and a crunchy potato chip tart that I definitely <laughs> would want to try, but that's probably once. <laughs> and supposedly they make the cookbook accessible for beginner bakers, too. <laughs> that is probably the most creative baking book I've seen yet this year, and we look at a lot of cookbooks, so yeah. I'm very likely to be doing a cookbook look-through video of that one. It is New School Sweets, Old School. Old School Pastries with an Insanely Delicious Twist by Vinish Johnny and Andres Lara. My only baking dessert cookbook that I have is All American Cakes, Pies, Cookies, and Treats, 60 Simple and Traditional Sweets. It comes out June 15. It's by Roy Ferris and Wolfgang Klinschmidt is the photographer for this. And I'm only mentioning it because the photography is fantastic in this cookbook. So, okay, for American desserts, especially if you've traveled around the world, like Europe or Asia or anywhere, American desserts seem to be awfully sweet. Yes. What they've done is they've tried to de-sweeten or find good moderation. So it's like American desserts tend to be like very 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 sweet or just not sweet enough trying to find a perfect median for all of those things for all of the desserts so some of the chapters you'll find in here are soft cakes which is interesting i'm sure i'm not sure what a soft cake is versus a hard cake we also have (laughs) cookies and sweets then we have cakes pies and cheesecakes so i'm wondering if soft cakes so in here, soft cakes are examples of those are like a banana, nut bread, carrot cake. But then you've got in the cakes, pies and cheesecakes, they have devil's food chocolate cake, summer berry cake, 
I'm wondering if it just means just heavier or has more sweet in there. They also have a, a chapter in here that's cupcakes and cake pops. And then next we have sweet breakfast. So this covers, like I said, many of the American classics. You'll find apple pancakes, pecan tarts, chocolate raspberry cupcakes. Oh, I'm starting to drool. So a lot of the recipes are super easy. They're toned down a bit. You'll have a picture of the actual recipe, but then it looks like kind of in the fore, the background a little bit, they have actual pictures of the environment or just kind of American landscape. There's like lots of stars and stripes. So it's very, you know, all American. Some pictures have beaches. It's just kind of fun. It's just a really fun American cookbook in my opinion. So if you're interested in that and American desserts specifically, definitely check out All American Cakes, Pies, Sweets, Cookies, and Treats. My final book today is Bake It Vegan, Simple, Delicious, Plant-Based Cakes, Cookies, Brownies, Chocolates, and More by Madra Bricalo. And I have to point out that on the cover is a stunning purple, I'm assuming blueberry vegan cheesecake. It looks amazing. Uh, the author is trying to present craveable vegan desserts made easier than ever, and they're veganizing classics like chocolate cake, buttery almond thumbprint cookies, fudgiest bakery-style brownies. Mm -hmm. You can bake vegan for breakfast or tea time with a chocolate chip walnut banana bread or peach and blackberry galette. And I love making galettes. They're very forgiving. You only have to make one crust instead of two. Yeah. Other recipes are no-bake and raw favorites like pecan salted caramel slices, individual Neapolitan cheesecakes, and I'm putting a quotes around that, air quotes, and a <laughs> Nutella cake. So Ooh. that is Bake It Vegan, Simple Delicious Plant-Based Cakes, Cookies, Brownies, Chocolates, and More by Maja Bricalo. And that was our wrap-up, the second part of all the wonderful cookbooks coming out in the first week of June 2021. Stay tuned for our next episode next week here at Cookbook Divas. And please don't forget to follow us on your favorite social media platform, such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. <laughs>